We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. In the hands of waiters, three seconds left for three in the win. Yes! a Wednesday edition of the Rotowire NBA podcast presented as always by the presenting sponsor of all Rotowire fantasy podcasts, WinBet. Check out winbet.com. That's win, W-Y-N-N-B-E-T, winbet.com. Nick Wayland here as usual with Alex Barutha. Uh, Alex, we just got done with the prestigious Rotowire Stake League auction which took up uh, almost two hours this afternoon, um, but a really good time as always. So we'll, we'll recap that. Uh, in a little bit. I, I do want to start with a more kind of league-wide topic, which is the Los Angeles Lakers. I, I had the the distinct privilege of watching the entire Lakers preseason game last night. I, I am now starting to back away on my, you know, the Lakers have to be the title favorite in the West because you don't want to overreact to preseason, but I, I don't know how much Lakers preseason basketball you've watched. Everything that you've seen on Twitter and, and heard about in podcasts, like, it looked even worse than I expected. Like this team looks like a complete disaster on the floor so far. And again, I know it's preseason. I know they have some injuries already. Uh, I know a lot of these guys are tough fits, but I, I, I told James last night, like I would like to put money down somewhere that the Lakers are under 500 through 20 games. <laughs> maybe, maybe uh, not through 82 games, but through 20 games. Uh, I might not go that far, but the Westbrook Westbrook has looked awful. Hey, clearly you like, didn't watch the, the game last thing. night, dude. It was it was appalling. I watched how it. Bad no, it was. I watched. I watched the first half. Okay. All right. Well, that was, that was the worst part. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What I, I think it's mostly Westbrook, um, <laughs> honestly, because like he's, he's been terrible. He's shooting like 30% or something like that. He has more turnovers than assists. And like, he actually had a pretty bad preseason with Houston as well, yeah. but not, not quite this bad. Right. Well, and he was, he was pretty bad through the first, what, 20, 25 games of last year. And I mean, there was talk of like, I mean, how can we get this guy out of town? Like he's just killing them. And then a, a switch kind of flipped and it, he started to look more like the old Westbrook. So I, I still think that's going to happen at some point. But I mean, to date, I had caught bits and pieces of Lakers preseason games. Uh, you know, this was the first time I believe that they had kind of their entire lineup together. And they're going against a, a Warriors team that did not have Steph Curry, did not have Draymond Green. Uh, obviously, no Clay, no Wiseman, no Kaminga. I mean, this is like the Warriors B slash C squad. And they basically played them even through the first half. And the Lakers went on a little run, I think, to begin the third. And it started to look a little better. But, man, it's it's very clunky out there. Like, Carmelo Anthony was missing pretty much everything. Um, you know, Anthony Davis, I think, has actually looked pretty good. That's maybe the one bright spot. And, and LeBron had some nice moments in this game. But, but, yeah, like you said, Westbrook just does not look comfortable. And he had five more turnovers last night in, in 28 minutes. A, a lot of them are just super careless. Right. I mean, it's just like dribbling into a crowd, losing the ball, you know, throwing the throwing a bad entry pass, stuff like that. Um, so in theory, that should be pretty fixable. But, yeah, this this team, um, you know, we had some questions about how it would to, would come together on paper. But I, I think they're really going to struggle to score, especially early on. Yeah, the fits a question, Mark, I just kind of projecting them for the whole season. I just I almost feel like they have too much depth to actually 
Like I would still be be relatively confident if I had a ticket for their over wins, sure. just because again they have so much depth that even you know guys get injured. You, know, you have Ariza, you have non Monk, like they just have a ton of guys. So even if even if on the floor it doesn't look great, like with the top end talent, there's still enough. Like I think their bench unit can end up you know outplaying mm-hmm. almost any other team's bench unit. Right, and that is true. I mean, they they've had some bad injury luck already, and a lot of the guards that we were surprised or excited to see them get on the cheap. You know, you mentioned Monk, uh, Kendrick Nunn. Neither of those guys played last night. Monk's hurt. Uh, Nunn's dealing with a, a minor ankle issue. Taylor Horton Tucker already had surgery, uh, but he should really only miss a week or two of regular season action. And and then Wayne Ellington didn't play last night either. They're also without Ariza. I mean, part of this is, okay, this is terrible luck early on. Part of it is, well, you built a roster of old guys. You can't really be surprised when Trevor Ariza is, is undergoing preseason surgery. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't want to panic too much, especially when you look like I'm looking at the odds right now. You know, they're plus 200 to win the West. And you know, I don't think you and I have been, like, in love with this Lakers roster from the moment it was put together. But it, it just comes back to, like, which team, if it's not the Lakers, like, who do you really feel great about? And, you know, I, I'm still kind of iffy on the Warriors. Um, you know, we'll see about about Phoenix and Utah. I think both of those teams, um, Utah especially, I think a lot of people have questions about what they can do in the playoffs. Like, for, for as bad as it looks right now, I, I still think I would pick the Lakers to win the West. There's just not another team that I view as this, you know, true direct threat to L.A. Yeah, I, I agree. I think there's like a huge middle tier in the West, but mm-hmm. I, I think the Lakers are so clearly... The, num- the number one team. I mean, Utah, just because they've been a regular season monster, has a chance to, to take the number one seed. But um, I think it's between those two for me. I feel like the season for the Lakers is going to come in somewhere between the Steve Nash to White Howard disaster and the like Gary Payton, Carl Malone year, where they went to the finals and it looked like they were going to win the finals and then came up short. Like, I, I, I still I'm, I wouldn't lock this team into the finals because they don't have prime Kobe and Shaq like that team did. I also don't think it's going to be that much of an unmitigated disaster like that, you know, that Kobe Nash Dwight team was. But I, I feel like there's there's like a mixture of both of those teams going on with this one. Yeah, I, I agree. It's going it's going to be really entertaining at the very least. All right, let's get into the stake auction. 14 teams, $200 budget, uh, pretty standard rosters. This was hosted on ESPN. Um, I, I will give you the floor first to to discuss how your team turned out and then we'll kind of go into you know some of the the bigger name guys what they went for some of the general trends that we saw but um i i think you've done it again i think you have a pretty nice team here alex <laughs> uh the rotowire uh I, my league's feature has given my team grade an a minus or my okay. draft grade an a minus but it gave you an a plus so actually you uh have been a plus a plus you have been uh, you've been tanking the projections on purpose and then picking guys <laughs> who you artificially made low uh, yet again. Um, yes, yes. Of no, course. I, yeah, I, I, it's because I bumped up Kelly Olynyk to like 40 points a game right before the draft. <laughs> I um, I feel pretty good about my team. I always go in, you know, not wanting to get like I, I like to stay in that 20 to 25 dollar range. Try not to get too top heavy, but I feel like I got a great discount at Steph Curry for 60 dollars. So I ended up just grabbing him and then. Ending up with Jimmy Butler, but those are my two most expensive guys at sixty dollars and thirty-two dollars. Um, I, I think it's I think it's just a balanced team in general. I'm really thin on centers. My last like four picks were power forward centers. I just grabbed like Horford, Tice, Thad Young, who qualifies at center, and uh, Chumo Kiki to round out like my my front court lineup. So I'm pretty stacked on like guards and wings. Yeah, I, I noticed you you know, it didn't really have like a true starting center until later in the auction. But I, I think you did a pretty great job with your last four acquisitions, you know, being Horford, Thad Young, Tyson, Okiki, like you said. I mean, like it, maybe you don't feel like fantastic about any of those, but I think the combination of that four, like the chances that two of those four at least hit and have pretty nice seasons, I think is pretty good. Um, for context on the $60 Steph Curry buy, Luka Doncic went for $69.00. Uh, Nikola Jokic went for $69. Giannis went for $64. Uh, Damian Lillard also went for $60. So, oh, James Harden as well, $69. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, you waited a little bit on Curry. It took a while for him to get nominated. And, and I think that paid off because by that point, pretty much everybody had at least made their first big money buy. Yeah, I mean, he could be the number 
I mean, he could be the number two, number one. I mean, it kind of depends on Jokic, but he, Curry could easily be the number two fantasy player. So getting him for like the fifth most expensive, um, mm-hmm. I don't feel too bad about that. And I have some, you know, I generally have confidence to round up my last uh, roster uh, in the later um, like rounds, I guess, for for lack of a better term. And I mean, that's something I did. Uh, it's not an auction, but an NFBKC like two years ago, I just basically didn't draft any centers for most of the draft. And then I just grabbed you know, like four or five at the end of the, uh, yeah. the end of the draft. Cause like, it's almost like, I feel like it, it centers and fancy basketball are turning into like quarterbacks and fancy football where it's like, you can just wait till the end of the draft and just grab a couple of the, like the relatively average guys and just hope that you can cobble together something like you just play the guys who are on three game weeks or four game weeks. And that's usually good enough at center. If there's one thing we appreciate here at Rotowire, it's making good decisions. And even more so, making the right decision. I have an incredible offer for you with Rotowire's newest partner, WinBet, the premier digital casino and sportsbook app. WinBet is now the exclusive sponsor for Rotowire's fantasy podcasts. WinBet brings you all the latest action with a user friendly interface, money line bets, boosted parlays, over unders, round robins, live betting, and so much more are at your fingertips. Want a break from sports betting? Head into WinBet's digital casino and take a spin on roulette, double down in blackjack, slam the slots, or try your hand at Baccarat. WinBet is currently available in six U.S. states, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia, while rapidly expanding nationwide. At WinBet, the possibilities are limitless. WinBet is currently offering all RotoWire listeners a risk-free bet up to $500 on your first wager. All you have to do is download the WinBet app right now. That's WinBet, W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. WinBet, the exclusive partner for Rotowire's fantasy podcast. Absolutely. No, I, I think that's a, a really good comparison. If, if you're not going to spend up for one of the three or four guys who really matter at that position, I don't think it's worth paying a premium for like a mid-level guy when you can get someone who's maybe like a slight step down for a, a much bigger discount. Um I felt okay about my team. I, I definitely didn't think it was an A+. Plus. I, I went a, a little bit cheaper than you. I, I got Paul George for 55. I got uh, Jared Fox for 33. Shortly after that, I got Drew Holiday for 29, Bam Adebayo for 30, and CJ McCollum for 26. So those are my first five buys in order. And you know, obviously all of them are in the, the 26 to 55 range. Everyone else on my roster is $5 or under. I didn't really do that on purpose. There were, there were a few guys I, I happily would have plucked for like 12 to $16 uh, after that. And I, I think in retrospect, a few guys I wish I would have done that to. But overall, I, I feel okay about it. Um, you know, went, went a little bit guard and wing heavy early on. Was, was really glad to get Bam for 30 bucks to kind of balance that out. Um, I, I did go in my, I mean, I have Chris Boucher, who's currently injured, should be back, you know, within a week or two. So I don't feel too bad about that one. But I also have Clay Thompson for $4. And I have Thomas Bryant for $1. And obviously, there's only one IR slot. So Clay's going to go in there. I'll have to kind of just wait it out with Thomas Bryant and hope that there's no setbacks. Um, I, I feel like right. I can make it through a month and a half with him. Um, but but obviously, that that could be a, a bit of an issue. Um, but still, at the end of the day, I was I was just glad that nobody else snapped up Thomas Bryant for, for like two bucks. I was worried that you or, or James or somebody would. <laughs> yeah, I was, um, I, I was interested in... And Brian for sure, but I I don't like to have guys in my IR spot to start the year. Yeah. And I, I know that it can like be really good if you get Clay or if you get Thomas Bryant. Like it can really help your second half of the season. And like, you know, I, I have Siakam who's not gonna play the first like maybe month of the season or three weeks, although it kind of sounds like he's doing better. Yeah, I think it's gonna be expected. one or two weeks. I think he'll be fine. And I grabbed Karis LeVert, who obviously, I mean, you know, a guy with a stress fracture in his back is not the best guy to draft, but I got him for $4. So it was basically free. That was, and it was that like that was a steal. That was a great, great pick by you. I feel like everyone somehow collectively like clicked away for that moment. Like that should, that should not have happened. But I, I think that's going to go down as the acquisition of the draft, assuming he, you know, is, is back even with, even if he misses like a, the first month of the year, that's still a massive bargain. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I definitely, I think it's good. And I, I try to get guys like in general, you know, who are multi-position guys. I think that's important too. in in I mean, in every draft, but a lot of my guys qualify at two positions. Like Thad Young's a three position guy for some reason on ESPN. I mean, not for some reason he is, but 
generally he doesn't get. He should be four. How many? How many? How many guys actually get the three position designation? You know, on fantasy. So that's that a good question. I think Covington back. is on ESPN, right? He he might be. I think he I'm was. Not sure. Yeah, I don't remember where where he ended up going. I, I definitely wanted Covington. He got bit up a little bit. We we should have brought DJ Trainer on here to explain his strategy of doubling down and, and taking Ben Simmons for $22 and Kyrie Irving for $13 <laughs> and Kawhi um, Leonard for a dollar. Yeah. I mean, he, he was, he was pretty aggressive with like the, um, I don't know. I feel like some people are, they try to get, you know, they like the Kyrie stuff and the Ben Simmons stuff. It's like, they think it's like a marketing efficiency on those guys. Right. Because everyone's scared to draft them. But I feel like there's always three people in every draft who are like, no, I value this guy correctly. Like, I have to get the steal. And then they end up overpaying. Um, so, yeah, I that's not the strategy I would have gone with. Although I feel like Kyrie Irving for $13 isn't bad. No, I mean, everybody, bad. everybody wastes $13 in their draft all the time. So, um, I, I think that's okay. And, I mean, I was in the bidding form. I would have taken him for $10. But I just I ended up not wanting to go with 13 well, where do, I don't want to go down like the half hour Kyrie rabbit hole, but where do you currently stand? Like you said, you like I would have I would have happily taken him for ten dollars. I you know when it when it started to get to twelve thirteen, I basically just didn't want to accidentally click like two seconds after two other people did, and like all of a sudden I have him for sixteen. Um, and at that point, I I think I just got Fox and and Holiday, so I was you know trying to be a little more frugal. But yeah, I mean for thirteen bucks, it's not it's not that bad of a deal. I guess, like, at, at what point would you feel uncomfortable? Like, where where would you say, like, in a in an auction like this, like, where where is your ceiling where it no longer becomes worth the risk for Kyrie? I feel like it would be really tough. I mean, I think I think really anything over like fifteen is is really difficult because at ten dollars, he's you know he's what like five percent of your of your salary, right? Which is not bad. Like, that's not that's not bad at all. But obviously, if he gets up to that twenty. Mark, he's 10% of your salary. And I would not want to spend 10% of my salary on a guy who may not play any games this season mm-hmm. um, or may only play half the games. And then he only plays half the games and he might get hurt in one. And then he only ends up mm-hmm. playing 15 games. And it's just, you know, I think if you're spending more than like 5% of your budget on, on a player like that, it's it's just kind of like not good practice. It's the same for like Kawhi Leonard. You want to yeah. grab Kawhi Leonard for $10? Okay. I, I will say I, I'm starting to... And I have no reason to feel this at all, but I, I'm feeling more optimistic that Kyrie is going to end up relenting and getting the vaccine and playing because I, I think like, I mean, like you hinted at, like the possibility of him playing half the games, I don't think that's on the table right now, right? Based on what the Nets or what the Nets said yesterday, I, I, it's kind of all or nothing, right? So I, I don't know. I, I kind of see this playing out similarly to what seems to be happening in Philly, where like a week ago or certainly a month ago, it was unimaginable that Ben Simmons would ever return to Philly, let alone play another game in a Sixers uniform. And all of a sudden he shows up at the arena and is taking a COVID test. And it, it looks like there's a pretty decent chance he might be in uniform for one of these first few regular season games, which again, felt unimaginable as a, as unimaginable as Kyrie getting the vaccine feels right now. But I, I feel like once you, you know, once he gets five games in and that, that check doesn't come and, you know, I, I guess he is still being paid for road games. Technically, I, I don't want to get into the machinations of that. Um, but basically because he's not, being suspended and it's the team's decision to hold him out. He still has to get paid for those games. So, so maybe there is less of a monetary impact than, than in the Simmons situation. But I feel like once we get five, 10, 15, 20 games into the season and he kind of, you know, the, the pressure starts to mount and, you know, obviously Harden and, and Duran and those guys are going to be in his ear. I, I just have a really hard time believing that we're not going to see Kyrie for the entire season. It's tough to gauge because the Ben Simmons situation was just about basketball. Right. It was like just about exactly. him being like, oh, I don't want to be here anymore. You know, I'm going to hold out Kyrie. It's different. He's like he's holding out for reasons that are beyond basketball. So I feel like for him to come back and play for his team is a lot more, I guess, dramatic, for lack of a better term. Like it's a mm-hmm. bigger step for him than it is for Ben Simmons just to show up um, at, at like 2 a.m. in the morning and just be like, hey, I'm I'm here now. Like my bad. Uh, Rich mm-hmm. Paul. Uh, realized he doesn't get his commission checks if I don't get paid. And he he told me to go to Philadelphia and start playing. So a kind of different situations. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I just think in terms of how, you know, how unlikely it seemed that Simmons would ever go yeah, back. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it seems like Kyrie won't reverse course. He's dug in. I, I can kind of see him totally reversing course at some point. I mean, it, it's still there's still kind of a scrambled message in, in terms of what this is all about. Um, 
So, so we'll, we'll see how that goes. But yeah, I, I think getting him for 13 bucks or, you know, what is that the equivalent of drafting him like the seventh or eighth round, maybe even later um, in, in, a, in a regular draft? I think that's totally acceptable at this point. And, and I think there's a decent chance that it ultimately ends up paying off. Like if Kyrie plays in 40 games this year, regardless of when those games take place, you know, getting him for, for 13 bucks is, is probably going to be worth it. Were there any 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 uh, buys in this auction that jumped off the page to you that you took note of or, you know, as you look at the results, really jump out as either a, a great value or an overpay that you personally would not have made? Um, I guess off the top of my head, no. I, I actually felt like people were being pretty smart in this draft. Like, there yeah. weren't too many real overpays, like, right off the bat. Like, people weren't overpaying for Giannis which is always something that, I mean, in the past has happened in a, in a league that yes. drafts in Wisconsin, right? Like yes, you just exactly. figure, <laughs> I want to knock a bunch of people out of the draft right away. I'm just going to nominate Giannis um, and do that. But I don't know. I, I Looking down this list, I don't really, I mean, Sabonis got drafted or, you know, went for more than LeBron. SGA went for the same price as LeBron. You know, like that kind of, that like $40, range uh, that low 40 range yeah. was kind of like confusing um there's just like a lot of names it's like it goes like from 40 to 45 goes zion lamello sga lebron sabonis fan fleet um and i feel like of that group you would definitely want van fleet and lebron the new nfl season is underway and yahoo is excited to kick off daily fantasy football There'll be a ton of big prize contests throughout the season on Yahoo, including their multi-entry contest now being shark-free. To celebrate the beginning of football season and Yahoo Daily Fantasy becoming shark-free, Yahoo's giving all users the opportunity to claim a free $10 in contest entry credit. Users can take advantage of this free $10 contest entry credit offer to join one of Yahoo's biggest contests. In addition to the free credit, Yahoo has a $1 million DFS Fantasy Football Contest Live. The $1 million contest features $1 million in total prizes, including first place receiving $100,000 and an entry to the first ever Yahoo Fantasy Football Championship Live Finals event, which will occur at MGM National Harbor in Maryland this December. Play daily fantasy football on Yahoo this season. Visit sports.yahoo.com slash dailyfantasy slash welcome to claim the free $10 offer and get started. Again, that's sports.yahoo.com slash dailyfantasy slash welcome. Were there any names that felt like complete overpays to you? Uh, no, not really. I mean, we saw, you know, James got on in an OB for 30 bucks. I thought that was a little bit of an overpay, but um, James, who who will be on the pod tomorrow to defend his his uh, buy, <laughs> uh, he's, he's a known, like, if my guy's out there, I'm going to go get him. And James is also like extremely good at fantasy sports. So I, I don't really question it when he does it. I, I probably would have stopped a little short of 30, but he loves OG. Um, and I, and I, I guess I trust him pretty blindly on that one. I, I did want to ask about Zion. He was one of the, I think he was one of the first five guys off the board in this draft. And I completely agree with you that, especially compared to years past in this league, uh, I think this was like easily the sharpest draft that we've had. Like there were very few reckless overpays or guys you know letting an obvious player other than Karis LeVert we should say you know letting an obvious like $15 guy go for four dollars there there wasn't a whole lot of that at all um so it's hard to feel like he came away with a ton of value but uh like you mentioned Zion Williamson went for 40 you know it, it's two dollars less than LeBron it's eight dollars more than Vucevic it's four dollars less than Sabonis you know, two dollars more than Michael Porter like you kind of have to try to contextualize it I, I think in a vacuum like I am a little surprised that Zion didn't go for more just because of the name value um but I don't know maybe maybe people have been intently reading rotowire.com and realized that <laughs> there are some pretty major red flags here that yeah the foot injury definitely scared me off the fact that he hasn't started running yet like yep. he's just kind of shooting around like people do in the half t- half time of like middle school games just kind of right. um so like I wasn't I wasn't gonna be the guy to draft uh, Zion at that price like thirty dollars yeah maybe I was I was more at that point focused on is it possible for me to get Ingram for a price that I feel is fair or Valanciunas or Devonte Graham but I feel like everybody was kind of on that where yep. they everyone kind of knows like Zion's a, 
a definite injury risk. So everyone else in the lineup kind of gets an upgrade and I didn't end up with any of those guys. Yeah. I think you and I were in on Ingram. I, I was, I thought we were going to get him at like 28, 29. And then, um, you know, some no name guy, Peter Schenke just comes in. <laughs> who, he, had, he had just been biding his money. Didn't, didn't make any buys of the first like 30 guys to be nominated. And then he swooped in on Brandon Ingram, Tobias Harris, John Collins, PJ Washington, and DeJounte Murray, all guys I was kind of hoping to get. And I, I felt like I was right, like just one more second ticks off the clock and you're going to get them. And and Pete kind of swooped in every single time. Um, I, I don't know. What, what do you make of, of that strategy? I, I feel like Shannon, Shannon McEwen, who does the Friday pod with you, employed that strategy last year where he just sat back, let let a bunch of people, you know, make some slight overpays early on and then just plucked off like whatever guys he wanted. Yeah, I don't I don't know if he ended with ended up with like a truly elite guy or two on his roster, but he had, you know, a stacked team of guys ranked like anywhere from 25 to 75. I think that's the, I think that's the best strategy, but you have to be very attentive to make sure that you are not left with a bunch of money and no great players like to that. No great players like left, like, you know, there, there are some people in the draft I noticed where it's like, I look at our, you know, I look at our projections, you know, our projected dollars uh, value for each guy. And it'll be like, the highest guy on the board is like $12 projected value. And there are some people on the draft who have like 25 or $30 left. Right. So that's the problem with like waiting too long is you can't get yourself in that situation. So at some point, I mean, like Peter did, you have to just start firing off and just grabbing every single deal that you can to make sure that you're not just holding the bag when it's all over. Um, that's like what I try to do, but I just can't resist deals on certain guys. Like, yeah. Steph Curry was valued at like $72. I'll take him for 60. Like Jimmy Butler was valued at 40. I'll take him for 32. Yeah. It's like, I, I just, in these, I just more, I generally trust our projections. I try to get at least like 10% off on everybody. Yeah. And I basically just go deal hunting the whole time. Yeah. I think you did a really good job of that. I, I feel good about my roster, but I, I don't really feel like I got like a deep discount on anybody. I think I got everybody you know, other than Bam and yeah, and somewhat McCollum at 26, but I don't know. That's not, not fantastic. I feel like I didn't overpay, but I also don't feel, feel like I underpaid pretty much everybody on your roster. I would say you got at least like a five to 10% discount on and, and with some guys even more like Siakam at 22, I thought was really, really strong. Yeah. And I think, so I, I, I think we have them at like 35 or 40 in our value. And I just, you know, I just jumped the, I hate when the bidding goes slow. So I just jumped them up to $20 right away. And the only other person who bid was Peter at $21. And I didn't know if that was on purpose or on accident. So (laughs) I feel like I could have got him for even less, um, which would have been insane. Yeah. Um, But I'll just take the, uh, that would have been maybe bad karma at that point, getting Siakam for like 15 and then Levert for four. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I feel like you got a good deal on Bam. I was kind of in on him, but I, I didn't really want to spend more money at that point because I had gotten Jimmy Butler, I think. Um, but I feel like you got a good deal on McCollum, too. That was someone who I was who I was kind of going in on. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm banking on McCollum being the guy that he was before that foot surgery last year when he was like a top 10 guy. And I, I know that's not sustainable, you know, throughout the course of the season, but I He's just somebody I always like having. Like, I, I really wanted Chris Middleton. He ended up going a little too high. Um, and I kind of had to back off there. But, like, guys like that, you just – I mean, McCollum has a little bit more injury history than Middleton. But, like, it's just such a nice, like, plug-and-play. Like, I can count on this guy for, like, 25, 4, and 5 every single night and just not really have to worry about it. Yeah, he's the perfect example of, like, the high-floor guy. Right. That you're, you almost be comfortable overpaying because you know exactly what you're getting from him. Um, and then I, I definitely liked your, your Olenek pickup. I was, I almost like, I was really committed to trying to get him, but then I just figured I'll just try to shoot for some other power forward centers later. So I think that could end up really good for you. And obviously I like Nance who you got for $2. Yeah. Well, okay. I feel like all the guys I got were just because they either like didn't have a projection on ESPN or were just <laughs> like buried in the, in the player pool. Like Larry Nance, I was not even, I completely forgot about him. Like had no intentions of targeting him. And then luckily I had an extra dollar and was able, I think somebody was just going to grab him for $1 and I, I was able to get him for two. I, I don't know. I feel like if, if we would have nominated him an hour earlier, I think a ton of people would have overpaid and he would have gone for like eight bucks. That's definitely the, uh, a good example of why, like you should at least, I mean, this is what I do for all of our auction drafts. I just download the Excel sheet yep. of our values and I sort by our projected dollars, and then I delete players as we go. And so then I 
I'm not relying on ESPN's uh, weird average auction values to try to determine who to put in my queue or who to grab late in drafts. Right. $16 um, player, Montrez Harrell. I know there are some, yeah, towards the end of the draft, it can, it can get weird. Um, I know the funny thing I, we need to roast Shannon about this maybe on the Friday pod, but he was given a D by the Rotowire <laughs> <laughs> my leagues feature for his draft. I don't even feel like he had a, a bad draft, no. but it's like the, the end of the bench is not particularly good. Well, he, he took some guys, I think, that we, you know, as we were, like, going through the projections, like, that we're just, like, generally lower on. You know, like, I, I think, like, Josh Giddy, his last pick, and he got him for $12. Like, that was basically a $1 buy. He just, all he had was $12 left. But, like, I, I think we're, like, generally a little lower on Killian Hayes. Um, Shannon's a Pistons fan, full disclosure. You know, we're <laughs> a little lower on Kemba. We're, we're definitely lower on Devontae Graham. So, I, I think part of it is he just took some guys that I think Rotowire is maybe lower on than the, the general consensus. But I mean, he also admitted mid-draft that he didn't really plan on getting LeBron, and he, you know, he bid on him at 42 and expected him to go up, and then nobody else bid. Right. <laughs> that that is the one problem with like kind of uh, price enforcing in auctions is you have to be prepared to adjust your strategy if you are price enforcing and you end up getting. I think I think LeBron for 42 dollars is a pretty good deal. Yeah, um, I don't think that's bad at all. But then you just kind of have to adjust what you're doing the rest of the draft. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I got Paul George for 55 and I, I'm pretty high on Paul George, but it's not a lock that he all of a sudden is back to being OKC Paul George by any means. And I, I think he'll he'll finish above LeBron in, in overall rankings. But I mean, $13 difference. I don't know. I, I, I think at, at that, like given the circumstances, like I think I would almost trade $55 Paul George for $42 LeBron. I mean, I was in on trying to get Paul George because I think he could be like he could finish as you know, the fifth best fantasy player or something. So I was, I was interested in him, but there was a kind of, again, a hard cap and where I was going to go for him. Yeah. Um, but I don't think you should feel bad about getting that. I think you filled no. out the rest of your roster pretty nicely. Like you have more top end guys than I do, but I don't know. I mean, you, the first week or two of waivers can be just as impactful as, you know, drafting well um, yeah. towards the end of the draft. I, I think you have the deepest team throughout and and we should say I, i've completely buried the lead we'll we'll do a follow-up q a we'll publish the results on the site on thursday um so you can kind of follow along as you're listening but yeah you i mean you don't really have a single guy who i would say you will feel like you like need to drop after a week or two whereas like yeah i, I do like my top like six or seven but i i have either guys who are injured which we talked about or guys you know like aaron gordon could kind of go either way I, i'm hoping for a bounce back but he's also been bad for like three years now you know, Olenek is, is not a sure thing by any means. Seth Curry is kind of a, a one-category guy. Tim Hardaway is always wishy-washy. So, yeah, I mean, I, like, I feel like if my if my starters, like, don't work out, if one or two of those guys, like, either get hurt or don't play up to their potential, I don't really have great options behind them. Whereas, like, I mean, you, you got Darius Garland late for 19 bucks. Like, you're, you're, like, 10th, 11th, 12th guys, I think, are much stronger than most of the rest of the leagues. I just realized that I have three Warriors 
I have Curry, Draymond, and Wiggins, and you yep. have Clay Thompson. Between the three, between the two of us, we have like <laughs> almost their entire starting lineup. We do, um, yeah. I, nobody took Kevon Looney, weirdly enough. <laughs> uh, why? Someone must have drafted Wiseman. I think they. He did. was I nominated late. Somebody, somebody got him for a dollar. Peter did. Okay. He's got Wiseman uh, and Bagley. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, Wiggins, I'll take that for $11. Like, I'm not that high on Dinwiddie, but $6, like, okay. Um, yeah, yeah I mean, I, he's, he's become weirdly underrated now, I think. I know. It's like he's he's kind of just like a walking, but like 17, 4, and 4 with yeah. occasional steals and blocks. Like, he just kind of, I know he, he like floats out there, but. You know, in the Warriors offense, like you sometimes get rewarded for floating near the three point line. And when he's not doing that, he's cutting to the basket once in a while and he's going transition, obviously. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah, I don't mind having Draymond either at 18. I felt like that was a really good discount. I think people are just like too down on him. Like he I think he has a top 40 season in him still. Oh, yeah. Uh, especially when Clay is back. That could really help. I mean, he he set a career high in assists last season. Right. Yeah. I mean, you, you kind of have to go in knowing what the risks are and what the deficiencies are. But if you can build around that, then absolutely. Right. I mean, and, and I kind of like like tethering him to Curry. I mean, you don't, you know, it's not the same as like drafting a quarterback in the number one receiver, you know, like you have Rogers and Adams and you, it's just like double points every time they, they have a touchdown. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's about the closest thing you can get in fantasy basketball. Yeah. I feel like you can do that with certain teams, especially like, I mean, it's more of a point guard center thing. Like yeah. if you want to draft, you know, I mean, this year is a bad example, but like Jamal Murray and Jokic, or if you wanted to get, um, I don't know why I'm blanking. Luka I mean, Dwight Powell. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, Chris Paul and Aiden, something like right. that. Um, you know, I don't know if it's the best strategy in basketball, but I, it's just how I ended up. I didn't try to do it on purpose. I just felt like mm-hmm. I got a good deal. All right, we should run through some of the rookies. Um, and it's worth noting, I, I had I had last year's draft results up while we were doing the draft, just just to compare and see, you know, oh, this guy went for this last year, now he's at this. Uh, I, I was reminded that I, I I got Anthony Davis for $69 last year, which explains why I did not do very well <laughs> in this league. I was like, wow, I knew I overpaid, but like that was even <laughs> that was even worse than I expected. Um, but uh, Lamella Ball went for $5 in this league last year. And to be fair, I, w- I was like a big time LaMelo Ball is going to be a huge bust guy around this time last season. And and there was still a lot of skepticism as to whether he would like not not be good, but like even be competent in the NBA. And obviously he, he proved that very quickly. Um, but but for reference, Kate Cunningham goes for thirteen dollars. Uh, Jalen Green went for. Ten dollars. Uh, I think Evan Mobley went a little bit later. He went for eight dollars. I feel like if he had been nominated sooner, that would have been higher. But but he kind of fell down. Um, Suggs went for seven dollars, and Scotty, Scotty Barnes, Barnes went yeah eight eight dollars. Okay, um, I, I don't know. I, I feel like those all felt about right. I I was kind of out on all those guys as I tend to be. Um, I don't know. It, it's just it's just rare for somebody to be as good as Lamelo was last year, and I think it was Kob who ended up getting him last year, and, and that ended up being huge for him. But I don't know. I, I didn't feel like like once Cunningham went over eight, nine, ten dollars, I I just kind of tapped out there. Yeah, I'm not sure exactly how to feel about Cunningham, partially because I haven't seen him in preseason at all. So yeah. that, that's always tough to judge. I feel, I mean, I'm pretty confident Jalen Green will be good. He's one of the like quickest guys I've ever seen uh, on the basketball court. I just think I mean, he's got to launch up a ton of shots. One guy I've really been enjoying, Scotty Barnes. Um, yeah. yeah, I think $8 could end up being a really good value. I was interested in getting him just to work out. Um, you know, I guess the only concern is like what happens to his role when Siakam comes back. Um, like, I don't really know how they're going to sort that all out, but they're not like the deepest team. So I think they're just going to put as much talent on the court as possible. And Barnes can pass and play defense. So it's not like he's, it's not like he's tethered to playing one specific position. I mean, the only problem is he doesn't shoot threes. I think he's 0 for 10 or 0 for 8 or something like that in the preseason on threes. Right. So that'll kind of be an issue, uh, for them, but he's just someone who, I don't know. It seems like he's the, he's, he's going to be like the coaches. He's like a coach's best friend. Like it's going to be impossible to like keep him off the court because he just doesn't make mistakes. He's a good passer. He plays good defense. Yeah, no, that's, that's the perfect way to put it. And that's exactly kind of the vibe that you get if you've been paying attention, you know, to that team during the preseason where it it seems like they, you know, just kind of been in love with, with playing this guy and finding a role for him, no matter what. I I do think there's a chance that, 
you know, it's, it's a little bit of a mirage. And once, once everybody's healthy, yeah, it's just harder to, to feed him like 25, 30 minutes. But if the minutes are there, I, I think he has a chance to be like legitimately the number one fantasy rookie if everything breaks right. And, and something would probably have to break wrong uh, for Kate Cunningham, because even, I, I think, I think there's a chance that Cunningham struggles early on just because it looks like he's probably not going to play at all in the preseason and, and this ankle issue is maybe a little more serious than they initially let on. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if he looks pretty bad for the first couple of weeks. But I, I feel like once he gets going, you know, Cunningham is, just has such a, uh, a high floor. Yeah, I mean, so, some of how you view Cunningham, I think, has to be tied to how you view, view Killian Hayes. Um, like, if you yeah. think Killian Hayes is just a bust, I think you have to view Cunningham higher just because they're always going to prioritize, you know, like I— there's only so much they're going to keep giving Killian the ball if they have like a clear, like absolutely clear guy in, in Cunningham. Um, so, yeah, it's it's tough to de- determine, but it seems like Cunningham's kind of a, I don't know. I mean, there's some things that concern me, you know, him having more turnovers than assists in college worries me a little bit. Um, but he'll have, again, I think he's, he's like Jalen Green, where it's like he'll basically have free reign within the offense. So Aaron Quinn who, who won the league last year. Um, and we should know this is a, a Rotowire staff league. Um, he, he went a little rogue this year. I thought <laughs> I, kind of a heat check auction for him, like high, very high risk, high reward. Like he could, he could very well win the league again. I would never doubt him. He pretty much led it wire to wire last year. I, I feel like he led for like 95% of the season, but he paired Embiid with Porzingis. He, he also added Gordon Hayward for $13, which I, I think was actually a good value. Uh, paid up a little bit for Halliburton, $21, not too bad. Miles um, Turner, another injury-prone guy uh, for 26 bucks, Did get Kem Birch for a dollar. I thought that was a great buy at the end. Um, has SGA for 42 I, I mean, if, if Embiid plays, like, miraculously 70 games and Porzingis plays 70 games, he's going to be in really good shape. But I, I thought after getting Embiid, doubling down with Porzingis was an interesting move. I, I was price enforcing him on Porzingis and Gorgon Hayward because I was interested in both those guys on discount. Yeah. But he just he was willing to go basically like one more dollar than me on both. Um, and and I, you, you I was thinking the exact same thing where I was like, well, you know, Porzingis and Hayward, that's his problem now. Like, I, right. you know, I I still like his team in general. Um, you know, I think I think the very end of his draft wasn't great. I don't really like. Yeah, the Bobby Borges pick, Terrence Mann. I'm not that high in Terrence Mann in fantasy. Poku, extremely high variance in that. Yeah. But I think I think like his his one through ten is great. Um, or has a lot of upside. You know, the injury right. the injury potential is huge. So yeah, that's that's a concern. I, I thought about going up to fourteen or fifteen on Hayward. I I just feel like he is he's like cursed or something. I don't know right. if it was like video games or the Trump stuff, but like, it just, I don't know. Like it, it almost seems like they were better at times without him last year. Like I, I just have no faith that he's going to stay healthy. Yeah. Same here. I think, um, it's, it, it could end up being like one of the better values of the draft for sure. But, um, yeah, I just couldn't do it. Was there anybody that in retrospect, you regret not going the extra dollar or two? Um, not off the top of my head. I mean, as much as I love SGA, I couldn't, I couldn't do $42. Like, I'm just yeah. like a little worried about him resting yeah. at the end of the season. Um, and I think, I think Joe Bartle nominated him knowing that I was going to try to overpay for him. He thought I was going to overpay for him because he knows how much I like SGA. Right. But I just, there's always a certain point where it's like, I can't do it as much as I love like certain guys like I never, the thing is, I almost never go into drafts. Like you know, I think James and I are the exact opposite. Like I'll draft almost anybody, like any person <laughs> that I can get on a discount. I don't care. Like if I'm getting them on a good discount, I'll draft them. Yeah. Like James is the exact opposite, where it's like he just wants his guys, and he'll overpay almost as much as possible for him. Yeah. I, I admire both those strategies. I, I kind of try to come in somewhere in the middle. James is like that's hard to pull off. Like to have the. I know. I guess like reverse discipline to <laughs> only target your guys. Like he goes in saying like, you know, if it's a, if it's a, you know, 12 player, 12, uh, 12 guys per roster or whatever draft, he's like, these are the 12 guys I'm getting. And like, I, really whatever happens around this doesn't matter at all. And it's like, it's, it's predetermined and it works every time. I mean, I like his roster. I mean, I think yeah. he likes a lot of the same guys that we like in general. 
Um, you know, he's a Towns guy. Towns for 57. He got Michael Porter, OG Anganobi. I won't spoil the rest of it because I know you guys are doing a pod, but I do yeah. like his team. I just don't know. I just don't know from a value perspective, like, is yeah. it is it going to be worth it? I don't know. Well, we, we can jump in on his. We're, we're doing uh, preseason predictions tomorrow. Okay. So it'll be more, you know, MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, stuff like that. It, not as much talk about this league. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, like, if, if, if you miss on some of those guys, and inevitably, you know, like, not everybody you get for $5 and under is going to be a hit, um, you know, then, then you're kind of in a little bit of trouble because, like you said, you're paying a premium for guys early on. You know, you're getting McCall Bridges for 26 bucks, OG for 30 um, I mean, I, I backed off Jalen Green once he went over like seven bucks. He got him for ten. Like if, if Jalen Green struggles coming out of the gate, like I mean, James is basically depending on Jalen Green to be his starting shooting guard in this league, you know. So you don't really have as much of a ramp up period for for rookies and young guys, especially if that's who you're targeting. Um, he did get Jordan Poole for four bucks. I thought that was pretty good. I, I thought there'd be a little more, you know, preseason hype around him, and, and that price might get driven up. He stole Shangun from me for two bucks. That was my biggest regret. <laughs> I. It was a, it was just a, a mental lapse by me. I, I had the money to get him. All I had to do was start the bidding at two dollars, and I just fell asleep at the wheel and started it at one. James swooped in. Uh, that was on me. Shangun should be on my roster. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely like his team, like one through, I don't know, seven or eight. Yeah, I feel like his last, I feel like he's gonna run into some problems with his last like four picks, which was as much as I like Shangun. I don't know if you can rely on him this year with Sangoon, Desmond Bain, Kevin Herter, Cam Johnson, Emmanuel Quickly. Yeah. I just I mean, like I, I love all I those guys, know. but all those guys are kind of buried currently. Yeah, they're kind of buried. I I don't know. I just don't feel great. I, I just don't think there's a, like a ton of upside for any of those guys mm-hmm. um to be like top eighty players or something like that. Um, you know, like comparatively, I feel like I have a ton of guys who could end up being top 80 players, like without quite, I feel like my whole roster could be top 80. Yeah. Um, so it's just, I don't know. I, I, I think the top of his roster could end up really well, but. Mm-hmm. I, I, I kind of tried to do that same strategy where I think you're totally right. Like, you know, without looking at the roster, it might sound like you're just, you know, bragging about how great your auction was, but you're totally right. Like everybody in there, there's not a single guy where you're like, okay, he's going to end up being their eighth man. Like they're all going to be big time pieces for their respective teams. I feel like I, I did that with most of my roster. I, I don't know if I could see Aaron Gordon being top 80 or like Seth Curry or even Tim Hardaway. It's like, that's like best, best, best case scenario. Um, I guess what I'm more concerned about is like, I have a lot of guys that I feel are very high floor. And it's worth noting in in this league, if you finish in the top seven, you you know, you basically like get your money back or, you know, you, you get a steak dinner for free. You know, that's, that's kind of the bet here. And it, I mean, we're talking, you know, two to $300 if you're in the yeah. bottom seven and you're paying your share of, of this lavish steak dinner in downtown Madison. So it's not even necessarily about winning the league. It's just about not being terrible and not being in that bottom seven. So I tried to go high floor because last year I went, I, I kind of went high risk, high reward and it backfired in a major way. I, I guess I, I'm a little worried that I don't have a lot of guys who could be potential top 15 to 20 guys, you know, like Paul George is in that category. Other than that, it's like the ceiling for McCollum holiday out of bio, Fox, like I, I think the floor is really high, but the ceiling is is not really that high for those guys. Like they're, I think they're, I feel very comfortable saying that they will finish somewhere between 20 and 50, but probably have very little chance of climbing much higher than that. Yeah, I'm kind of with you on that. I mean, Jimmy Butler is kind of my last guy who I could see finishing inside the top 20. Yeah. Um, I think Siakam is a chance for 30, but um, I mean maybe Draymond. I mean, I, I, it's it's tough. I mean, I I I think you're kind of underselling like. Tim Hardaway, you never know with like Porzingis going out if Tim Hardaway needs to score 25 points a game. You know, like if yeah. they have a new coach. Like I don't think Tim Hardaway is getting any less touches. Sure. Um, but and Aaron Gordon might be a little underrated. I think one dollar is fine on that. So, but okay. you're right. I mean the the name of this game, the the name of this league is don't lose. It's like it's it's less about hey I'm trying to come in first and more about I just want to yeah. have an average team. Yeah, I don't. Is there even a reward for, for winning the league? I, I honestly I have no idea. Is. Clearly, I've never won it. I, I think there's like a small cash prize, but yeah, there's not a lot of prestige that comes with finishing first. There's just a lot of negativity that comes with finishing eight through fourteen. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of um, you know, trying to make sure people aren't ordering the most expensive wine or taking a steak home for their wife. Yes. 
Having uh, having cool. been on both sides of these dinners, like it's believe it or not, it's way more fun when you can just order <laughs> whatever you want and don't have to think about it. And yeah, like you said, you're like watching someone scan the menu and say like, all right, I would like this, 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 and this, and these guys are gonna pay for it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. All right, man. Any any parting thoughts on the auction before we wrap this up? Uh, I mean, no real ones except I guess I just the more I do auctions, the more I really enjoy them. But they yeah. take a lot more like prep and you have to basically like you can't go into an auction almost blind on like you can't go by average auction value. I think the same way you can maybe go by ADP. Mm-hmm. I feel like if you went by average auction value, you would get annihilated um, in almost any setting. So like I like them, but you have to be like way more prepared. Yeah, I, I think this is kind of a step up, I guess, strategically. Like you said, I mean, it's. You know, you can you can do a fantasy football draft with your mom and grandma and aunt and you know girlfriend and and they're they're gonna end up with like a pretty nice team that's gonna compete just because you know like if you if the way that those projections and whatnot are built it's pretty hard to mess it up like you really have to go rogue to build a bad fantasy football team in 2021 but yeah this format I mean especially where you know, it, it's not like you're just going down the list and nominating the best players in a row it's you, know, you can toss in some guy who's ranked you know 150th. And he could be the third guy nominated. And then, you know, it, it, it kind of mentally, I guess there's a little bit more that goes into it. You know, you have to be cognizant of who has how much money left, how many spots do they have to fill, who could potentially outbid you for this guy. You know, does, does this person already have two centers? Are you safe to to nominate this guy? Like, it, it's definitely more fun. But, yeah, like you said, it's it's not something that you can just kind of like do passively on your phone as you're doing something else. Like, it's, it's a full you got to be locked in for two hours. <laughs> yeah, 100 uh, percent. Yeah. All right, man. Um, Fun auction today. Glad glad we got to talk about it. Like I said, there'll be a recap up on the site uh, within the next day or within the next 24 hours. I feel pretty comfortable saying that. We have two more drafts tomorrow. Um, so we'll you know try to do as many recaps and, and post the results as we can. And what are we now? Six days away from opening night? Yep. I'm excited. Yeah. Same here, man. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.